Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Centenary Everyday Podcast. I'm Doug Penninger, your host, and I serve as the Communications Director here at Centenary Church. Today, I'm really excited to welcome two very special guests that are going to present to us today a very different kind of concept that I'm really excited about, and I hope you'll be excited about, too. Um, first of all, our, our returning guest, Suzanne, we're so glad to have you back. Suzanne Epermanis is here with us. And Suzanne currently serves as the chair of our Justice and Reconciliation Ministry here at Centenary. Suzanne, glad you're here. Yes, thanks. Glad to be back. Glad you're here. And a and first-time guest here is Doug Haynes. I've been wanting to get Doug Haynes here for a long time, so really, and I mean that. Super excited that you're here, Doug. Doug currently serves as our chair of our um, adult formation ministry. And I think you've only got a couple weeks left on that, and you're going to rotate to something new, I'm hoping? or I, I, I really don't know, but I'm okay. not going away. Okay, yeah, you better not be going I'll away. I'll find so. some trouble to stir up <laughs> Good. It's always good trouble, though. It's good trouble. <laughs> I like to make change, so that's what. Good, mm-hmm. good. So we're really excited to have Doug and, here and as well. this is part of the trouble we're going to be stirring up that we're talking about today. I yeah. Think. I think this is going to be a fun conversation. <laughs> I, I'm really excited about it. So what they're here to do today, um, they're going to be talking to us about a, a con- well, it's not a concept. It's going to be a discussion group that Centenary is offering in the spring next year, starting in January, called the Colossian Way. And I'm going to pre- I, I know a little bit about it and things like that, but I'm going to pretend like I know nothing about it so that we can get all the wonderful questions answered that our listeners are wanting to hear and figure out how they can get participated in, participating in it, how they can get involved and learn more about it and how we can make all of it happen. So saying that to say this, what is the Colossian way? And I'll, whoever wants to go. I'll take a stab at that. And um, so just for starters, This is going to be a discussion group, but it's going to be a very structured process with some very specific goals and objectives in mind. I will tell you that the Colossian way is very simply, it is a structured way to have conversations about difficult topics, specifically as followers of Christ. Mm -hmm. The way we talk about issues in this group is framed by the difference it makes that we are Christians, all of us, in this discussion group. Um, You know, quite frankly, as Christians, we think it does really matter how we talk to each other and how we listen to each other. Uh, It gets its name, the Colossian Way. A lot of folks are really curious about that. I certainly was. Um, Based on Colossians 1. And the neat thing is that um, Glenn just preached about from Colossians 1 just Mm -hmm, a couple weeks mm -hmm. ago. And Colossians 1 is all about the supremacy of Christ. Uh, Verse 15 specifically says, He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. So when we think about difficult topics we have in our life, in our political arena, in conversation circles, when we are gathering as Christians, it really does make a difference. So that's the Colossian way. It's a way of having these conversations. And um, that's just the short, we'll, we'll tell you a little more of the details right, of how right. it works, but that's that's the intro. So, I, and please forgive me. It just sound like we're going backwards. I just completely jumped over something uh, before we went into this. And Doug, you'll have to forgive me. Um, we always like to ask first-time guests some some crazy questions. Okay. And we talked about this right before. And I just completely forgot. So uh, not too crazy. So Doug, um, just so our listeners can get to know you a little bit more, what is on your playlist in your car when you get in your car? Um, well, it really depends on what mood I'm in, you know, what time of day it is. I like to listen to jazz. I guess the uh, 
from upbeat. I like I like some blues, but I really spend a lot of time with Americana type music. I oh, guess yeah. you would say I like Mumford and Sons, Fleet Foxes, groups like that, alt country type stuff. So um, not top forty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and not hip hop and things like that. But you know, I, I like a lot of different kinds of music. Grew up on what you might call country rock a lot. Right, right. And, so, um, real quick, and I promise we'll get back to Colossian Way. So I'm just, I'm so sorry I forgot about this. So, Doug, what's your favorite Christmas carol? I have to ask this question since we're um, this time of year. Silent Night. Silent Night. Yep. Suzanne, what's your? Um, probably Low How a Rose Air Blooming. Love it. A little more obscure. Um, so I'm going to tell you what mine is, and most people are going to say, what? Um, one of my most favorite, um, I'm going to call it an Advent carol, is People Look East. Um, I don't think it's sung enough, and it's uh, it, it's just the anticipation of it all. So, anyway, enough about me. Um, Doug, if you were having Christmas dinner right now, what would be on the menu? What would be on the menu? Probably, um, like, uh, beef tenderloin, maybe? <laughs> I'm coming to your house. <laughs> <laughs> My mother-in-law likes to do that for Christmas. So I love that. that. Every year. Love that. Suzanne, how about you? Oh, man, it's funny because... I was contemplating cooking that, but I think I'll go to Doug's house instead for dinner. Um, it's probably going to be a pork roast this year. Oh, yeah. I'll come to your house for seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I know that was a rough segue back to where we're going, but that's, you know, this is how our podcast works sometimes, and we, we come back and forth. So, Suzanne, you, you were telling me about the Colossian Way. Doug, anything else you want to add about that well, before we go further? Well, I guess yeah, we want to get into the context of why we're doing this. I, I guess the thing that it's so hard for us sometimes today in, in, in our world the way it is, is to actually get real with each other about what we think. And uh, we live in a very polarized time and uh, politics is something that we all have strong opinions about. I know I do. Uh, and yet as Christians, as Suzanne said, you know, we have a lot in common. And so we, we live in a, in the United Methodist church, you know, uh, George Bush and Hillary Clinton are Methodists. Right. And at one time, our North Carolina senators, John Edwards and Elizabeth Dole, were Methodists. And I think there's there's strength in that. And yet sometimes, you know, we're, we're always told, don't talk about politics, don't talk about religion. And I'm one of those weird people who likes to talk about both. Uh, I'm, I'm the son of a, of a Methodist minister, and I also have run for office and worked for a U.S. senator in the past. So, you know, it's something that I think the question is not, you know, this is not about trying to tell somebody what to believe or change your beliefs. Right. It's about just saying these are really hard issues in our families, in our church, in our community, and we need to be able to um, model Christ and having actual hard conversations with people so that we, we actually love each other and not just tear each other apart. Right, right. And just being able to sit in a room and have conversation, especially in such a polarized world that we live in right now, is just the, I mean, at the end of the day, we really are all family, and we really do have more in common than we have different. And learning how to, to navigate all of that is such an important human communication thing that I don't think a lot of people grasp. Um, so I'm curious. Uh, I know that this is new for you all. Um, it will be new for our church. Where did, where did this come from? Well, it was a neat little joint effort, just perfect example of collaboration. You mentioned that Doug and I are on different committees. We actually also share faith formation in our ministry area because I am on a member that on that team as well. So 
early on the Justice and Reconciliation Ministry group really felt very strongly about the importance of being able to talk with other people about difficult issues. Mm -hmm. And I shared that with Doug. I said, you know, this is just seems like a tough nut to crack, and I'm sure there are all kinds of courses out there and different ways we could go about it. And I don't know, a couple months later, he floated to me a Wall Street Journal article that he had found titled Trump and... Uh, abortion, Guns, and Trump, a church group tries to navigate America's division. Now, will that not catch your attention? Yeah. That, that's a and, headline. Yeah, that's a headline. <laughs> it's a headline. So I said, Goodness. oh, wow. So so he had read it, I read it, and, and it was pointing to this particular group uh, called the Colossian Forum. They're based in Michigan. And this this curriculum they put together called the Colossian Way mm-hmm. um, that helps church groups in particular work through these issues that can create division, but instead actually using conflict as an opportunity, deliberately using it to strengthen the body of Christ. And so that just really, really intrigued me. So I really appreciate Doug, you know, sharing that he had come across, that we both looked at it, we thought this you know, this could just really be a great solution. So that's where we are, and that's... Yeah, and it, you know, I read it, and, and you can go online if... I mean, I read the Wall Street Journal every day, but if you're not a subscriber, you can... Um, there's a podcast that goes along with that called mm-hmm. The Journal, and it was, I think, in December of 2020, right after the election. Um, and they actually talked to some of the people who were in a church group that went through this curriculum, and it, when you go to their website, the Colossian Forum, it's really interesting because there's a headline that says, Division is Everywhere, and in big, uh, bold letters underneath it, it says, Be the Light. Right. And that really caught my attention. And so also, you know, it was founded by a guy who went to Duke Divinity School, uh, endorsed by the former dean of Duke Divinity School. So we theologically felt good, and I called and talked to them, and Suzanne downloaded, you know, their training, and, and uh, it's just they have several different curricula. This particular one, Colossian Way, is the, is the process. is called Political Talk. So uh-huh. we are going to talk about some issues, but it's really more of a way to practice learning how to have conversations about hard issues with each other in a loving way, even with people you may not, disagree, you may not agree with. Mm-hmm. And that's actually a perfect example because, as Doug and I are both willing to share with anyone, we differ in our political ideology. And he mentioned that he's run for office and he's definitely been involved with politics. I've, I've as well always been interested in political events, current news topics, you know, worked for the election um, staff here in the county this last go around. And so I too have always been very interested in that area of human activity and have always wanted to find a way to still, you know, marry my Christian beliefs with being active in that arena. So it's just really been a lot of fun for him and me together, for he and, and I. And we've together. never really talked yeah. politics. I mean, Suzanne and I worked together for the last couple of years on, on our team and really enjoying, I mean, Laura and I joined, my wife and Laura and I joined here four years ago this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, well, I guess three and a half. We moved to Winston four years ago this month. And, and so uh, we love Centenary and we love Winston-Salem. Um, and, and interestingly enough, my first involvement in politics was in uh, early in my career. I worked for a, a man who I believe is a member of Centenary now at Arbor Acres, Senator Jim Broyhill, who was a congressman, and I was his press secretary when he ran for Senate and was appointed to the Senate in 1986. And so I had not grown up politically, uh, but it kind of permanently kind of helped me. I'm, I'm a conservative, a Republican, and um, I 
view that as my role in how I view government. But I think it also requires us to be very generous and and follow Christ in our personal lives as much as we can and being involved in the church. So, uh, and then later on, I ran for Congress. So I haven't been involved in over 20 years in politics, but it is something I do follow. Right, right. And and yet one of the things that I learned from Mr. Broyhill, Senator Broyhill, was he was he was always a missionary. He felt like it's about what he believed and serving everybody and working across the aisle and not just being an ideologue about you know not not listening to people. I think it's really important, no matter where you come from. You, you gotta you have to be able to talk to one another. Um, the fact that you ran for Congress, <laughs> you were very brave because that's that's a uh, who. Well, it that's, helped that's me realize, because I lost. I won a primary, and then I lost. But it helped me realize, you know, politics isn't the only way to solve problems. It's no, really it's better not. to do it through the church, do it in our community, to get personally involved. And we just hope by doing this we can equip others and ourselves to talk through some issues where we're going to disagree, but in do it at the end of the day, pray about it, and love each other and hug each other and, and just have a um, – have a, a practice schedule that we can actually use in having other conversations with people. You know, and one other interesting thing too, just talking about politics and, and divisions and so forth, is that we all agree, we look at each other and we say, hey, we are in living such polarized times, you know, and yet from the beginning of the Christian church, there were very fierce early arguments. You know, if we all yeah. think back to yeah. the New Testament reading and certainly even some of the Old Testament, but you know, the early, the early believers got into arguments over, was it okay to eat all of the meat or did we still have to keep the kosher laws? And my gosh, you know, the yep. whole discussion about circumcision. I mean, they were knocked down drag mount fights oh, about yeah. what are we yep. allowed to eat? What? So Christian difference of opinion. Is well, and then Christ comes through new. and says, hey, I'm here to release you from, to free you from all the law. Right. And what do you do with that? I mean, it just, yeah. right. um, it's, it's really curious that, um, this is going to be a great conversation. I'm so excited that you you two come from very different ends, um, but all good. It's all good, and there's nothing wrong with saying that we disagree or we, we have different ideologies, but we can come to the table and at least talk about it. So, Doug, you're wanting to share something, I can tell. Well, it just she reminded me. I, I skimmed through something the other night that um, I'm just weird like this, but because my dad was a— Methodist minister. I remember he's always, and he's kind of a, a Methodist denominational scholar. He's done a lot of books and stuff on it. And he always used to talk about John Wesley and his view on this. And so I found this sermon online um, from 1771 called A Catholic Spirit that John Wesley preached. It's one of his more famous sermons, but it's exactly about what we're talking about because he, he more or less said, um, you know, a Catholic spirit is not a Catholic church. It's about kind of right. a universal spirit of love for everybody is what he meant by that. And, and he based it on a Bible verse, which I was not familiar with, in Second Kings, where there was this guy named Jehu who had been killing a lot of the people that were worshiping Baal. And he ran across this other guy, and he, he knew, I guess, from their family differences that he they didn't agree on a lot. And he said, he said well, is, is your heart right? as mine is toward you. And some, some say, some other, uh, like common English Bible will say, you know, are you as committed to me as I am to you as a, as a fellow human mm -hmm, being? Mm -hmm. And he said, well, I am. And he said, well, then give me your hand. It wasn't, I'm going to fight you or I disagree with you. It was, you know, and so Wesley went on to, to say one of the things that really stuck with me is, though we may not think alike, can we not love alike? Right. 
Right. And so he, he talks about, you know, Jesus saying, love your enemies and, and love your neighbor as yourself. And we and talks about denominational differences and baptism differences and worship differences and opinion differences. But that's aside, we're first called to be followers of Christ and loving each other. And, and his benchmark was that, you know, what kind of good are you trying to do in the world? Are you loving other people? Are you doing good for the poor? Then that's what matters more than anything else. And so that's our tradition as Methodists mm-hmm. that, that I think is very consistent with what we're trying to do with this course. I just love that whole imagery of take my hand. Then would you take my hand? And mm-hmm. that just saying, let's journey on this together and, um, and see where this journey can take us and see where we can meet in the middle or, or find a common ground. So tell me, um, what, so if, if someone comes into these, decides that, I don't think we're far enough into this discussion to ask this yet. Tell me, tell me what, what happens in a Colossian Way discussion? What, 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 what should people expect? Okay. Do you want to take the... Well, I'll tell you about the, how a different session... Phases? I mean, basically, there's, there's going to be 10 sessions, and there's a curriculum, and don't, don't get intimidated when you hear this. There's a, it's about a 200-page workbook that you get. So I've got to do homework for this? You don't have to, but we, we kind of follow through it, and, uh-huh. and there are extension activities. If you want to take this and apply it, a, a lot of this is meant to just give you practical application and practice it in actual conversations. So it is important that we try to have some people in the group that are not of the same political views. Right, um, right. I think I did some research recently in preparation for this that I think Harvard did a study in 2020, and the latest data is about 56% of United Methodists are Republican, about 34% are Democrat, and 10% are independent. And so we are, uh, and, and actually, you know, that's pretty diverse. As I mean, some denominations are much more one way or the other. But it is um, something that we want to have people who don't have the same views. Right. Or right. maybe aren't sure what they think. Uh, and, and that this, this is not about trying to change your view or justify why you, but it, it, a lot of it has to do with just bringing up issues and talking through them, get, having a way to talk through them so that you actually learn to listen and try to empathize with other people. Uh, and so there's a, there's a flow in each, in each session. So we, we'll start it. In some of the sessions we start <clears throat> just with, usually there's some, some kind of preview about the topic. Uh, and then we, <clears throat> we may have a video in some of the sessions. Some of them we, I don't think we do. Uh, there are some goals that I think Suzanne is going to cover in a few minutes that mm-hmm. we try to cover and, and come back to. There's always a time of prayer, kind of at the beginning, the middle, and the end. And there's always a Bible verse or passage that we read together. Uh, and then we the, probably <coughs> there, each, I'm sorry, I'm getting over a cold. Each session is about 90 minutes okay so uh, about almost half the session is going to be on this engagement conversation around the the issue of the day um, that we'll be talking about and every every we're not going to talk about all the issues and all right, the controversial right. issues um, but, but what's kind of cool is at the end we, we kind of have a time of praise a time of lament what we're sad about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a time of of hope what we hope for and, and so it's really a very well thought out, very well designed curriculum, I think. Absolutely. You know, and I just love the fact that the designers created this five-step process that Doug just outlined. It's, and it's the same every week, and it's very intentional. 
you know it is very much there is worship contained within this we mm-hmm. are gathering as christians we are spending time centering ourselves in christ you know in christ all things hold together right, right. it's not like we're just getting together and praying because that's a christiany thing to do you know it's because we really are about to um do some very um deep and intentional and careful listening to each other and we want to really truly make sure that god is present there in those questions and those answers that we are. So I know I said this jokingly earlier. When I said, you mean there's homework. I didn't mean that as, oh gosh, you don't want to do this. Cause I meant that as a joke, seriously, because I know that they people can come into these sessions. You, you just come and we're yeah. going to talk. Right. There's, there's not this backlog of hours and hours of things you have to do to prepare for this. Um, I think what's interesting is that they are they seem to me, from what I've read about it, that they can be these standalone sessions where you just come in and this is the topic of the night or whatever, and we just go and see where it takes us. Is that my understanding? Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, one of the first topics will be about guns. You know, I know how I feel about it. I'm sure Suzanne has her thoughts on how she feels about it. We've never talked about that issue. Um, it, it is something that polarizes a lot of people. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of, bad things that happen we're not uh, abortion is not on the list at this point um, so it's not something in their curriculum uh, but but it the issues aren't as important as as we're just taking time to talk about something where we're going to have disagreement right and we're kind of getting some tools on so how do you listen to people you may not you may be passionately disagree with and yet love each other at the same time Right. And there is, I will say that there is a very definite progression from week one to week 10. So it really is designed with the intent that to, to someone be. is gotcha. continuing gotcha. From, okay. from week to week. You know, it, the introductory weeks are things like political conflict, political engagement, anger, forming political views, telling the truth. These are actually all the session each. Right. That, those were the first five out of the 10-week topics I just outlined. Wow. Later in the 10 weeks, we get to, you know, us and them, political enemies. That's another week. Uh, considering options. That's towards the end of the course. And then I love this. The last session, number 10, is after a decision. You mm-hmm. know, because after any decision made in the political arena on any issue... There are always folks who are very happy and satisfied, and there are those who are feeling the exact opposite. Right. So, right. and and yet life goes on, and so that's why the it really is very well structured to remind us as we're gathering week after week after week and building trust and developing mm-hmm. and deepening our relationships with each other that the goals of learning and practicing this Colossian way with each other are first of all to gather as Christians together second of all to actively practice loving god and our neighbors while engaging difficult problems and third and this is the final point is to actually witness the body of christ being built up wow you know so folks need to understand that if nothing else you know really our preeminent goal at the end of this process is to build up the body of christ through building our relationships with each other it is not for me to convince Doug that I am right on right, vanilla right. versus chocolate and he is wrong. You know, that is so far. And yet we're just using current day issues as the opportunity right, to right. build up our relationships. So, so for our listeners, because you know, a lot of times in these, in these podcasts, I play devil's advocate. Okay. Um, so 
really the, the goal here is for when someone joins this cohort, that they really, it's a 10-week, we, we really are hoping that they'll agree to 10 weeks to grow with this group together. Um, and so it's not a, you can just come in for one and back out. It's a, we, re- we really want people to come in and stay together for these 10 weeks at, to see where we grow. Is that my, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah, it's certainly as much as possible. We understand life happens and things sure, gets in sure. the way, but yeah, that is. Well, and we're a transient church and people are coming and going and traveling and such. Um, I think the, the what, we're, what we're trying to do with this podcast is just we, we would we've got some people that are interested uh, we, we would like more people I mean it's, it needs to be a small group of 10 to 12 so we're not mm-hmm. looking for a, a huge group and 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 yet it is something that you're, you're gonna get the most out of it if you're there more you're building the relationships you're listening you're learning the process um, we've even discussed once we start meeting with the group if there may be a few sessions we may want to do on Zoom. Uh, we, we would be open to that, but we primarily want it to be in person. And that was a question I was going to have. What about it? Is there a Zoom option? It's not going to be a hybrid class. Right, I mean, right. I, 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 I'm a CEO coach, and I work with a lot of professional development stuff. In my experiences, it's, it's a lot better to have people in one, one um, I guess you would say, channel or the other. You're not doing the hybrid it's just harder for the people who aren't in the room to participate I think. that's right I, I completely agree the, uh, um, coming out of out of COVID I, I understand the need for hybrid but I don't care to ever do it again yeah. uh, it's, it's a difficult thing especially when you're trying to build a, a, a team of people together and but even in a zoom situation you can't read faces per se and you can't read emotion you you just see a screen and the, the pseudo relationship that you have with that screen is can be a tenuous thing um tell just i know there's lots of questions i have but tell me tell me more about what 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 this is and how people can learn and, and join in I thought maybe as Doug and I are talking about this, just to give you literally reading from the leader's guide, one of the opening exercises in the very first week. And okay. this should put everybody's mind um, to ease, hopefully. And so I'm just going to paraphrase paraphrase one of the key engagement activities that okay. we'll be doing. Okay, so, so putting on my facilitator's hat. Um, it's very likely we have political conflict present in this room. Each of us brings our own perspectives and concerns. Some of these will fit together easily, but some will be in tension. For this exercise, we're going to focus on the issue of gun violence and gun control, and we're going to take up two practices together. First, we will practice voicing our concerns about this issue. Think about your experiences with guns. When you think about gun violence and gun control, what personally concerns you, and what problem do you feel most needs addressing? Now, after voicing our concerns, we'll take up a second practice of asking each other questions about our concerns. But first, think about what concerns you most about gun. And there is space to write some notes in your workbook on page 18. Literally, I'm kind of... Okay. And also, you'll find there some sample statements that might get started. So, we give everybody, you know, a moment or two, collect their thoughts, make some notes. Then we say, okay, let's go around the circle and share how you would answer this question. When I think about guns, gun violence, and gun control, what personally concerns me most is, fill in the blank. Yeah, and when you, if you listen to the podcast from the, um, the Wall Street Journal that I mentioned earlier about with some of the people that actually went through a session that they let them record and 
um, and they played some highlights. I mean, there were people who have very, very reluctant to say, you know, they come the first one or two times. I don't know if I want to come back. I, I'm not sure I'm comfortable talking about this in front of other people that I don't agree with me. And yet they, they kept coming. And of course that was back during COVID. And so they had to do a lot of it on Zoom, but it was something that they were very glad they did in the end. And, and they said it didn't necessarily change their mind about how they felt politically, but it, they had new friends, they loved each other, they, they just felt like it was helpful to them to realize we're Christians first and we, it's up to us to model the way. And I think that's really, a, when, when I talk with the people at the Colossian Forum, what, what really impressed me is what can we do as individual citizens? We, we worry about you know, politics and leadership and the toxicity of, of our political environment. But I think what they're trying to do is use conversations in groups like this in churches like ours to start a movement in Winston-Salem, to start a movement in Centenary, to start a movement around the country that can actually lead to people uh, following what Wesley wanted us to do, to love each other more and, and start um, doing more good together instead of talking about how we're different and, and how we're not the same. Exactly. And so I also think that people get nervous when they hear about something like this because they're afraid it might just dissolve into a debate you know, or the person with the loudest voice gets heard, or, you know, facilitators are not going to be able to control the crowd. Uh, but just in that opening first part of that exercise, that was just what we'll be doing is everyone voicing their concerns and listening to each other. There's not going to be folks talking over each other or rebutting or commenting or, yeah, but, you know, you, what source was that from, blah, blah, blah. So then the second part, and this is equally important in the exercise, is that um, to take it a step further, to acknowledge that what we just did was significant, that we voiced our concerns and we heard each other sincerely, uh, then we will take it a step further and practice asking someone more about their concern. And we'll be doing that using what's called a fishbowl exercise. Mm -hmm. And if we were doing that right here and now, what I would do is say, okay, Doug Penninger, you have voiced your concerns. Doug Haynes, you have voiced your concerns. Now, I would like to have you ask each other questions of curiosity. And, you know, if you've taken other courses along the way, you know, questions to clarify, whatever. Some trigger questions of curiosity or some examples would be to ask each other, why is this important to you? Or maybe what is at the heart of your concern? Or how did you come to be concerned about this? Are there particular experiences that led you to this view? Um, how do the views of your friends and family compare with yours? Or maybe you ask, you know, do you have any mixed feelings about this? Mm -hmm. And as the two of you are asking questions of genuine curiosity of each other, then the rest of the group is, is observing and listening and learning. But we also, in love, agree that we will call out anybody who we feel is asking a question with an agenda. Right, right. You know, so it's really that group accountability because we really are ultimately just wanting to share our concerns and understand ours and someone else's concerns better. And through the series of reflective questions, we can do that. Well, you know, it's, and that's it. Well, as I'm sitting here listening to how that would go, it's just I'm reminded that a lot of times, as we get, especially as we get 
you know, out of our enter into our twenties, late thirties, into our forties, you know, we kind of we've made up our mind on things and we um, isolate ourselves into our homes and we take ourselves out of the population, so to speak, and we become more privatized citizens and we don't have these conversations. Um, so it's interesting that this is how this would work to actually have a safe space where I really, I'm not here to convince you to believe the way I believe. That is not what I'm here to do. We're here just to, hey, tell me about you. You tell me about, and I'll tell you about me. And we'll just see where we go. That's that's where I'm really gathering. Yeah, and, and I would say the other thing is it, it's not to say that, you know, we shouldn't talk about issues and try to understand different ways of thinking about policy um, and how to solve. I mean, I, I personally feel like, you know, most of us who are honest in our views about whether we're more right-leaning or left-leaning are trying to accomplish the same things. We want a better yeah. world. We want a safer place for our kids, a better education exactly. for everybody, less yeah. poverty, um, more opportunity, you know, all of those things. The question is how we get there. And so we're not going to get into all of that, but it does help to understand where people are coming from. And whether it's our, our faith views or our political views, many times it has to do with what we grew up with or, you know, kind of we, we get in our own bubbles of people that uh, we think everybody's like us uh, and, and, and they're not. And so... I just appreciate the fact that, and I know it wasn't something that we, Suzanne and I felt like whether, well, is, is Glenn going to go for this? Is it something that we can do at Centenary? Um, you know, we appreciate the fact that the, the church is allowing us to do this. It's a little bit of a pilot and a, a leap of faith for us. And we're just hoping that more people will be encouraged to participate and just try yeah. it out because it is something that we aren't comfortable going to the Christmas table and talking with our family members who may not vote the way we do or whatever. And and, and it may not be where Mm -hmm. that's where we're going to practice these new skills, but it is something that uh, we're going to be perpetually divided unless we start looking at how do we share love with each other in a different way. Uh, It's so funny that this is, I'm playing just, I'm off on a tangent now. So talking about the family Christmas dinner Mm -hmm. and what we talk about, don't talk about. Yeah, we don't talk about these things at those kinds of events. And, you know, in the background we do, but we know when we come to the table, we know where my older brother and his family stands. We know where myself and my younger brother and his his wife stand. And, um, you know, we, but we don't talk about it. It's so. This is going to be an interesting um, experiment. I, I hate to use the word experiment. Uh, an interesting pilot, as you just said, to see where this goes. Um, so we've been going about thirty-five minutes now. Okay. This is a great conversation. It really is. Before we wrap, um, tell me what what are we missing that we've not told our listeners yet? And then there's probably a lot. But what what else do they need to know? Well, I, I wanted to share something that it may be more relevant for people about this topic that can't come um, to the to the session. Uh, but but I just recently finished reading a book I bought a few years ago <laughs> uh, because this got me interested in it again. And, 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 and it's by a guy named Arthur Brooks, who used to be president of the American Enterprise Institute. It's called Love Your Enemies, How Decent People Can Save America from the Culture of Contempt. It's not a Christian book. He's a Catholic, and so he's Christian. But uh, it, it's you know he quotes the Dalai Lama and a lot mm-hmm. of research and other things. But it's all about. It was written after the 2016 election, 
and his concern about exactly what we're talking about, the political division in America. And, and he, he defined it as contempt. And I really think that is true, that we tend to feel like he, he defined contempt as anger mixed with disgust, the unsullied conviction of the worthless, worthlessness of another person. So I'm def- we're defining each other more by who we're against and the people that aren't, don't believe I do or vote the way I do. They're worthless. They're bad people. They're, they're not good Americans. They're, and, and that is not what Jesus taught us. And so he does quote Jesus in here. But I think there's five rules he kind of closed with. If we, if we don't want to live like this anymore, what can we do? Number one, he said stand up to the man or stand up to the people in power that are, are basically – setting the wrong model and mm-hmm. I would say both parties are good examples of that in terms mm-hmm. of leadership and um, and actually try to tune them out and right. don't and including social media you know get out of your bubble and, and also go into places like we hope to have here in this conversation where you're talking with people who may not agree the way you do right and and then and then the other one is you know to say no to contempt to treat others with kindness and respect and love and and disagree better you know it's, yeah. it's all about we're not saying we agree to disagree it's just saying we love each other and so let's don't tear each other up right uh, right because we may not vote the same way right yeah i think he summarized it really really well and the only thing that i'm tempted to just throw out there is as doug and i both referenced this is a group that provides a variety of topics it's a curriculum with with multiple series and they do have a complete separate um, course that uses discussion topics focused on human sexuality mm-hmm. and some of the um, issues that polarize us today there as well. So, you know, even if you're not able to join us in January for the more generic political talk course, you know, who knows, there could be additional learning opportunities um, for discussion and strengthening the body of Christ. Because yeah, so. that's certainly an issue right now that's dividing our denomination quite yeah. a bit. Yep, and um, and I think Wesley would not be happy about that. But um, so, w- what do people do, Doug, if they want to sign up? <laughs> well, it's it's actually it's very simple. Um, they can sign up on the Centenary website under the Engage tab. They can also they can also find this information under Adult Formation and under Justice and Reconciliation under their tabs. But there's also around campus um, starting this Sunday there will be a spring um, learning opportunity flyer that's out that will have QR codes that people can scan on their phones and goes directly to the registration tab um, to get them signed up. They can also contact either one of you guys, um, Suzanne or Doug, and uh, we don't publish that in our notes here, but they can contact the church and we can get you that information. Um, They can also contact our Reverend Meg Gaston, who will, once this podcast is released, will be Reverend Meg Peters. Um, she's getting married this weekend. We're really excited for her. So contact Med- Reverend Meg Peters, and she can get you contact connected as well. Um, it's very simple. There's a there's a web link that will be on the website or straight to the, um, the registration tab. It's very simple. Um, do people need to purchase anything once they sign up for this before they come? No. Okay. No, not no, at all. No, I mean, there is a workbook that we'll, we'll have along with it, but it is something that, and, and I guess... When they click that, they're not necessarily technically registered for the course. Right. We'll follow up with them and want to get a sense of what. So if you're just interested in learning more about it and talking with one of us, please express interest. And I don't know if we've told them when we're going to teach the class. January 11th, which is Wednesday, and then it will be Wednesday nights ending March 22nd. 
So that's 10 weeks. We'll take one week off right in the middle for Ash Wednesday. But it's January 11th to March 22nd. Um, 7 to 8.30 p.m. here at the church, room 112. So you do have a room now. I knew that the we room was... We do have, okay, yes, good. right, with, you know, nice on-wall-mounted monitor and the whole nine yards. So, yeah, and so the first day we'll we'll give out your workbooks and uh, we'll, we'll just hit the ground running and have so, a great time. So just to follow up on what Doug was saying, and this is... And I, I failed to mention that. When you click on the registration information you're not automatically signed in to to be a participant. What that's going to do is get you in connection with Doug and Suzanne for them to be in contact with you and have a conversation to make sure that this is the right fit for you and make sure that, that, that you understand the parameters, how it's all going to work, things like that. It's not automatically, hey, I'm in the class um, kind of thing, right. which is okay. Well, it's and okay. that's that's really to just uh, do the best that we can to get diversity of right. thought. You know, if we have... Because if it's all one way, If we have 48 flaming liberals all signing up for the course, <laughs> and I can say that because... Doug went on record saying he's Republican. I'm probably she used the term flaming liberal. I am, I, am, I am a registered Democrat, but I don't. There's nothing. So you're flaming a flaming liberal. If you, if you know me, you know I'm not exactly an inflammatory person. But the point is, if we if we had everybody signing up with only one perspective, it just the the learning opportunity just wouldn't be quite the same as if we had um, a more right right you know, heterogeneous yeah. mix. Right, so, I get it. I yeah. get it. I look, Doug, closing thoughts, anything from you? No, just um, I hope people will, will try it out. I hope people will uh, share the idea with friends because I think one of the things that Suzanne and I had hoped that whether you can do it or not, I would hope you go to your neighbors or people at wherever you go to dinner with and just say, you know what, something our church is doing about this problem we're all worried about uh, because we think somebody needs to do something about it. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll have some good discussion. I can't wait to hear, and I'll say this sincerely, I can't wait to hear how these discussions go. And um, so I'll be checking in with both of you to uh, see how that's going. I'm excited about it. Thank you both for being here today. Um, this is a, sounds like a really exciting discussion group covering some topics that probably need to be covered. And um, can't wait, really can't wait to see how it goes for you guys. So I'll check back in with you. Until then, to our listening audience, be in touch with Doug and Suzanne or, or Reverend Meg Peters and learn more about this exciting opportunity coming to us in January and see exactly how and where you can fit in and make a difference in your world and the world that surrounds you. Until next time, um, go out there and do something great for our world today. We'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.